Welcome to part two of Cisco's Smart and Connected Workspaces podcast. talked about your three-legged stool mm-hmm. um, we talked about your process you talked about the technology mm-hmm. um, and you talked about the what was the third one the cultural the culture the usage and adoption yeah, strategies yeah. Yeah, yeah so I mean we are a technology company and I, and I, and I, and I again, we love our technology we love our technology so I do want to spend a bit of time talking about that because yeah. I mean we're going to be talking to IT people on, on and, we, and we have some and this is the point right we have arguably the best technology in the marketplace and so, well, we're bound to say that, aren't we? Well, we're bound to say that. But if you think about it, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, right? Because so, so we have brilliant individual kind of technology business entities and kind of business units, and they do a great job and all that kind of stuff. But you just think about Cisco IT, right? Probably the most, you, you know, okay, I, I'll put it this way. I wouldn't like to work in Cisco IT because they must have the most demanding employees probably out there, it's right? It's because we were yeah, it's because we were <laughs> and we like our technology and things. But if you think about, I guess, what those guys have been able to deliver in conjunction with WPR, it is, it is quite, you know... WPR, what's that? Workplace resources. So that's, that's our that's facilities management That's our facilities, okay, things, right? That's all right. And, and if you think... I didn't want to buzz you again. <laughs> if you think about what they've been able to deliver, you know, we don't really think about it now, don't we not? But... but if, kind of technology we have and offer is fantastic. I don't know how many people have used maps.cisco.com to find a ways around buildings. What do you mean? So that's like Google things. that's like Google Maps but for indoors. Exactly right, you know, and then also being able to schedule uh, even kind of hot desks before you arrive at the building mm-hmm. using kind of mobile apps and things, you yeah. know. And th- these are kind of iterations and evolutions of our mobile and uh, our mo- mobile workspace within within kind of Cisco. But the point I'm making is is that um, you know, arguably, we just don't build technology for technology's sake, and I think Cisco IT and it our sometimes can feel like that. Though, it, can, it? it can feel like that, but um, typically, it's to meet a demand or to kind of solve a problem or you know, look at look, look at how we could shape things to kind of deliver something kind of slightly differently. We, we you know, you've heard the, the the adage of drinking your own champagne and things like that. I had the one of eating your own dog food. And that's that one as well. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it still amazes me a little bit. No, it doesn't really amaze me because I've kind of probably got to the, the point where n- nothing really amazes me in public sector <laughs> anymore. But even just kind of highlighting what we do internally to our public sector customers, to them it looks like Buck Rogers in the 25th you know, kind of century and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, we just do it kind of day in, day out. And, and it's definitely incumbent on us to, you know... I wish you hadn't said Buck Rogers now, because I have got... Too old now. I've got that picture of that. What was the name of that little robot? Me, biddy, 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 biddy. Biddy, biddy, yeah. God, that's in my head now. Thanks for that. But the point I was making is that it can look a little bit like that, and therefore it can be it could look a little bit daunting to kind of customers. Hence why I'm talking about, you know, sometimes it's not a good idea to just jump into the technology. It kind of should be all right. You want to kind of... Gently, yeah. gently kind of move them into that space, but then articulate actually how the technology 
evaporates a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. it just kind of fades into the background. It's been a, a, a architected in such a way that the technology is actually doing something really complicated, but you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of evaporated into the It just the becomes the norm, then, doesn't it? And it, it becomes like day to day. And, and we're pretty much like that. I mean, we don't, yeah. Yeah. We don't think about, oh, where am I going to be today? Yeah. I think about what means do I have? Yeah. And then. And you know, oh, and you, I just, know you can do it, right? I can, can do it. it. You yeah, mean, yeah. I can, whether at home, whether, in, in, I, whether I work out of our Reading office or I work out of, out of a city office, I just know that yeah. the facilities are there for me to do what I need to do. Yeah. Or even if I'm out and about I'm with, with a customer, I mean, there's yeah. been plenty of times. I mean, I, I did a, a meeting in the, I did a, a, a webinar in, in the park the other day. I was going <laughs> to see a healthcare customer <laughs> and it was a beautiful sunny day and there was a park uh, with a cafe there and I sat down put my headphones on, used the technology that we had, just connected over a, over 4G and, and came in using our Jabba uh, and our WebEx technology and, and, and actually living delivered the dream. Living, living the dream, dream. living the dream. The dream. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, so, and, and, and so if you think about, and again, just maybe touching on the technology a little bit, right? So if you think about our four, four main kind of technical architectures that we have, yeah. go, go sell to kind of customers, a fabulous enterprise networking portfolio, mm -hmm. right? Again, second to none. Our fabulous data centre and virtualization portfolio. Our fabulous <laughs> collaboration stuff, which, let's face it, is what a lot of the end users kind of see, right? Yeah. That's, that's kind of... That, that's the thing, even, even my things. kids spot Cisco phones now. <laughs> it's really sad. Honestly, and, and certainly on the TV and things. And then the last one, you know, our fabulous kind of security architecture, its own architecture in its own right. Now, if you think about public sector customers in this cultural kind of element, e even our IT colleagues in public sector will use some cultural barriers mm -hmm. to kind of maybe not implement some new ways of working, right? And, and typically, what's the, the, the number one thing that they put up as a barrier in terms of this new mobile flexible working kind of space? Typically, the number one they put up as a barrier is security. There's no oh, is it? In my experience so far, right, that the guys always pretty much put up reasons of why not to do something. And typically, it is because, and I'm just going to put it down to a kind of lack of education around what can be achieved using our kind of security capability, for example, right? And so, if you think about... Um, Maybe some of the so how do we how do we meet some of that? So let, let's let's talk yep. about you, you, you. You've mentioned about my area of of, of expertise or passion, which mm -hmm. is the enterprise networking yep. bit. Yeah, you've mentioned about security. So so yep. what, what what are the things that we need to think about from a security perspective that customers need to think about? You mean right? So so the obvious the obvious one for mobile and flexible working is just pervasive Wi-Fi, right? So again, thinking about some of the trends whereby in the past it used to be you know typically within buildings lots of wired ports. Not so many, you know, kind of Wi-Fi access mm -hmm. capability. We would argue that Wi-Fi should now really be a primary means of kind of connectivity. And that's really interesting because that's not so much that's, as well as it maybe being a, a mobile thing, but it's been driven by the technology and it's the yes. it, it's like consumerization, consumerization yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So my laptop has no Ethernet port. Indeed. My my phone has no Ethernet port. My iPad has no Ethernet. Right? Yeah, and yeah. people aren't coming in with one device anymore. They're coming yeah. in with three devices. And even yeah. if they go, I mean, they choose your own device yeah. or they're your own personal device. People are coming into a building, yeah. and whether you like it or not, they're mostly connecting it to the Wi-Fi as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's it's thinking about that from that perspective and. Because of that, what and if you've got a, a group, a, a large concentration of workers in a very highly 
populated office because you've, you, you've closed some buildings and you're bringing everyone in together, that becomes like a high-density environment. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. And, and yeah. the challenges with high-density is that everyone's trying to get on the Wi-Fi. You mean, mm-hmm. uh, currently, bef- you mean, uh, the technology is... Wi-Fi technology still helps, so only one device speaks at any one time. So you need to think about, and the way we look at Wi-Fi now is about it's more around performance than coverage. Yes. So you, you, coverage is a given. I've got yeah. to have it everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but I got but to, now I need to provide a, a kind of level of service now, right? Yeah, it's going to be a really good performance. So yeah. I can't. I don't expect to be when oh everyone's on the Wi-Fi. Oh, it's rubbish. Yeah. I need to make sure that it works. And and, and people, my experience, the people are coming in now with experiences from home and they go I'm in the house I just get on the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. it just works uh, why can't I do that I, I want it like yeah, that at yeah, home yeah. It, it, it works sorry yeah. so that's the, there's something we need you mean I, I would make sure we talk to customers is, is about think about your Wi-Fi think yeah. about performance think about the high density I mean the interesting thing everyone sort of gets especially in public sector gets a bit concerned about guest and, wi- and guest traffic and, or mm-hmm. guest Wi-Fi and, mm-hmm. and, and corporate Wi-Fi and it's really interesting because we sort of went back to the days of AP12 mm-hmm. and that was like two separate, two separate infrastructures. What we're starting to see now is that coming back together. And GDS, common sense has prevailed, common sense, right? Finally, common sense finally. Has prevailed, yeah. But but government digital services are now rewriting mm-hmm. the uh, a recommendation document mm-hmm. on how to have this sort of mobile working or Wi-Fi uh, infrastructure. So I would uh, recommend anybody who's listening from a public sector point of view is to reach out to GDS. Yeah. Uh, they're they're really open to. Uh, we, we we were speaking to them. They're really open to uh, uh, government departments. Uh, with local, whoever, central, to contact them and let them know. I mean, this is how you can architect your wireless solution to do yeah. that. So, so that's and, 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 it, and, it, and it's a good point. So common sense has definitely prevailed because if you think about, I guess, what AP12 was, you know, a very simplistic level, it was, you know, a completely separate and siloed and kind of parallel kind of networking environment. That does not bode well for providing shared service a kind of agenda right so yeah. what, what does is what we would call kind of unified access so the ability to have you know kind of fixed wireless and also remote access but kind of policy and controlled by a single kind of point in the network so if I can just talk a little bit about kind of technology and um, there are definitely what we would call control points that you want to um, articulate as much as possible right and, and this is for the benefit of the customers. Number one, control point well, number one control point is something called the Identity Services Engine. Every customer in the land should have Identity Services Engine. That becomes, you know, the kind of key point to then start to build, the key building block to start uh, kind of uh, uh, building on unified access. The so what does that do then, this, this Identity Services Engine? So Identity Services Engine, from my point of view, talking to public sector, is the bridge between the existing identity management systems that customers already have, like Active Directory and LDAP, where most of all the users kind of live their identity kind of services. You yourself in Cisco, you've got a username and password and you log mm-hmm. on to your PC and that kind of thing. That has to be bridged in some way to the network intelligently and the identity services engine has that uh, ability. Then what you've got is... Um, uh, now, a bit of a technology buzzword kind of coming up, but the ability to look at micro-segmentation, right? Micro-segmentation, oh my God, what does that mean? Now, if you think about in the past when lots of kind of customers were building VLANs, probably because of security, right? The fabulous public sector, you, you know, kind of customers were VLAN happy in some instances. Mm-hmm. I think I, I actually heard of a public sector customer somewhere, I think it might have been in the US, that had over a thousand VLANs or something, right? You imagine the headache and... 
you know, yeah. kind of uh, overhead and try to kind of look after that. So, you know, VLANs are good and all the rest of it, but they've got limitations, typically because they confine you to a specific location or kind of geography. If you're mm-hmm. going to have segmentation based upon VLANs, those VLANs have to live everywhere in the network based upon, you know, somebody might join the network at this point. Yeah. Identity services engine becomes a fabulous control point, A, because we're now identifying maybe individual users. We're also able to kind of discriminate against the individual's user's devices, right? So you, you mentioned that the, the user might have three, four, five devices. He's got kind of one username and password into the network, but now identity services engine can be a little bit discriminatory and say, okay, there's Justin and he's using his corporately managed kind of PC to join the network. Do you know what? I'm going to let him do whatever he wants. But there's Justin try to kind of join the network uh, using an iPad that he got for his Christmas. Do you know mm-hmm. what? I'm kind of going to slightly kind of treat him or that that particular device and its various network access kind of slightly different and so on. And then the other thing is the ability to, to start to segment the network in a much more granular way and have it completely kind of location independent. And that's across wireless and wired and also remote access devices. But the point I'm kind of really reiterating is, is that identity services engine is a must-win control point for every kind of customer because that becomes then the key building block to build out to the rest so of the in, network. So instead of having a separate sort of policy and identity management for Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and a separate one for, for example, remote working, so the VPN type Indeed. solution, yeah. uh, you basically bring that together. Uh-huh. And you make sure it's an embedded network intelligence. It is not something that is you know, kind of uh, endpoint specific or it's something that is operating system specific. It's really got to be a network-based intelligence to allow customers to have that complete flexibility of what they use to gain access to the network. It could be iPads, it could be Android tablets, it could Mm -hmm. be, you know, Windows PCs, it could be various different things, right? So it's got to be a network intelligence. Anyway, ICE, right? Identity services engine, kind of must-win piece. And then if you think about... a kind of enterprise networking ability, arguably it's kind of second to none, it allows us to you know, kind of provide the policy that customers are looking for in order to kind of tick the security box. Yeah. And we can also have lots of magnifying glasses on the network just to make mm-hmm. sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, particularly within our security range around source fire yeah. and kind of anti-malware protection on kind of endpoints. So we've got full visibility and manageability and control of what's kind of happening in the network. So, but, but, but arguably, we've just kind of fixed the connectivity thing, secure connectivity and mobility piece. If you think about what then customers need in order to kind of do their day-to-day work yeah. now, uh, uh, typically speaking, it's our collaboration portfolio that's really going to sing at that level, you know. So if you think about maybe how you used to work, yeah. or, and maybe even how, you know, kind of customers work just now, they, you know, typically they'll go, they'll go to their office, right, or they'll go to their kind of cubicle, and the work in a department is, for example, the planning department, right? And so, um, you know, somebody can look over their cubicle and see that uh, his mate Bobby is, is in, you know, is in his cubicle. So he's physically got a, a kind of, a, 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 kind of a, a, a visual representation that kind of Bobby's there and available type of thing. So he could walk round to the cubicle, chat his door or whatever, um, and start to have a bit of a conversation about Bobby because maybe he's got a kind of complex planning, you know, kind of application that's just come in. And, and maybe Bobby uh, doesn't know the answer to that either. He's got maybe half the answer, but he knows Jeannie 
because you can look over the cubicle and see that Jeannie's available as well. Might be able to answer the other half, you know, so the two of them walk over to Jeannie and mm-hmm. the three of them start to have a bit of a conflab and say, right, well, do you know what, we probably need to go into a meeting room just to kind of draw this up in a kind of whiteboard, right? So m- maybe that's how decisions were made and are made and made kind of relatively uh, kind of quickly. How would you facilitate that if Bobby and Jeannie, and who's the other guy here, let's call him Jimmy, right? Bobby, Jeannie and Jimmy were all kind of spread to the four corners, right? So how, how would they be able to still, you know, kind of go through that process? Yeah. And the way they would go through that process is using their fabulous collaboration kind of technology, right? So what is the functional equivalent of just poking your head over the cubicle to see if Jimmy or Jeannie's there? That's just called presence, right? Presence so what do you mean, like Christmas presents or...? <laughs> That's part of our instant messaging and kind of presence capability. So Everybody if you, if you can compare it, so it's, it's sort of like... So it's a jab as our technology, yes. uh, but it's it's the just trying to make this a bit more lazy. Visual so representation of seeing if you're oh, available. Oh, that sounds a bit buzzwordy. But, but it's what it is. It's like so. It's like you it used to be on MSN, wasn't yeah, it? You'd be on yeah, MSN yeah, and you'd see yeah. you'd be able to see people are on people are online. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a, a green. Yeah. You, you get a green representation. Amber, if they're they're, they're away yeah. or, or, yeah. or red, they don't want to, they're not online or they don't don't want to be disturbed. Exactly. So that's what we need about presence. Exactly. So just you know. Is it socially acceptable to kind of nudge you to chat your door type of thing, yeah. you know? So he's looking over and he's seeing that Jimmy's there. The new world way of doing it is looking at his buddy list and jabber and saying, oh, kind of Jimmy's but there, But the interesting right? thing about that, though, if you flip that on his head, of, of the, the, great, the, the way that we used to work, mm-hmm. some people still do work that way, mm-hmm. is you can go and look and see that, that Bobby's at his desk. Mm-hmm. But if Bobby's really busy... Uh-huh. What's going to happen? He's going to be disturbed. Yeah. And yeah. I know myself, if I want point. to get work done, That's I go work from home. Yeah. Because then I manage my availability yeah. by my presence. Do you know an interesting point that you've just mentioned there? And I only came across it recently, probably in the last six months. It was one of our kind of ecosystems technology kind of partner. Whereby, if you think about your Java client, and when you say you don't want to be disturbed, what do you do? You set it to do not disturb, and a big yeah. red kind of light comes up, right? A technology partner has created little lights that go on the um, kind of hot desks, and the hot desks, those lights reflect that individual user's kind of presence status. So if you yeah. flip your Java to do not disturb, i.e. red, above the cubicle comes on a big red light as well, which is a kind of socially acceptable, let's just call it that way, of, of saying don't visit me, me anywhere, just bugger off, right? stay away from me and things. Oh, wow. So if you, if you think about that kind of presence indicator, that was great, right? And then uh, typically what would you do from a, a kind of instant messaging escalation point of view? You see he's online, you would just say, hello, hi, you, have you got two minutes? That would be the functional equivalent of kind of chatting yeah. Bobby's cubicle, have you got kind of two minutes? If Bobby turns around and says, yeah, yeah, I do, what do you do? You then escalate into a voice call, or maybe more appropriately, appropriately a video call, right? Because yeah. you still want to maintain and that and kind do, of intimacy so and things, you know? So, so. Do, you, do we need that? Do we need, like, big, expensive video units everywhere? Or no. can this all be done in another way? But again, what you do is you make sure that you use the right tools for the task. This is, again, another kind of key point, right? If you look at the collaboration portfolio within, kind of, Cisco, and it is from the, what they call, from the browser to the boardroom, and oh, everything in between, right? We think about that, right? It's not buzzword, but, but it's not buzzword. No, it just sounds fancy. But there's a very key point to it, right? Because arguably, some people might say the answer to collaboration is a bit of software on a PC. Now you know yourself that that experience is only good for certain kind of uh, yeah. elements, right? What, what's a better experience when you can walk into a meeting room and get 
you know, either immersive telepresence or really kind of high quality video with integration into some of the content sharing tools and things. If you see somebody walk into a meeting room with a laptop, which has video capability, but inside that meeting room there's a fantastic video unit, what do people do? Immediately they go towards the video unit and make the call that way because it's the best yeah. experience. So and that's really important. I think it's really important that kind of customers understand that um, uh, uh, typically within the collaboration portfolio we have a number of different you know, kind of units and kind of devices, but it's primarily to meet the different types so of the right tool for the right job. Right tool for the right job, bang on. And that's the thing is, as well as it being, right, we could be in a physical room like we are now, but then we need somebody else to come in to help us. And that could be somebody from home, that could be somebody in another office, and the video technology can then bring them in. Geography you don't care about anymore, right? So if that's it. Yeah. Complete location depends. So that's a kind of collaboration, a, a kind of technology, and it's literally just tools to allow people to start... Or to do what they've always done, but now they're completely kind of spread to the four corners. And then within um, a, 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 some of our other kind of technology, particularly around data centre and virtualization, that's primarily about being able to deliver, again, right tool for the right job, the right application for the right job, and um, you know, pretty much delivered in a, an efficient and cost-effective manner. Mm-hmm. So we have fantastic platforms that allows people to build their own data centre environments to allow their their kind of workforce to consume applications there, but also an ability to be able to kind of um, join data centres to kind of together. What that kind of really means is being able to kind of have your own private DC instance, but also be able to connect securely into maybe a managed service provider's data oh, centre. Right, okay. So or is, a that sort of, is that bursting then? Is it bursting, like- or you you basically now have full. Uh, management and visibility across multiple data centre environments, your own private one, a public one, a kind of partner's one, and then you would choose that data centre environment for the workload that you want to kind of yeah. place there. So if you think about uh, consumerisation, right, let's just talk about that, whereby collaborations really pushed along consumerisation, right, you can do fantastic things with your iPhone and FaceTime. So within the business land, you know, that, that would be kind of jabber and so on. If you think about what you can do, you know, kind of at home with some of the uh, kind of data centre solutions that are out there. You could use your credit card, right? And, you know, within 